0: Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, read by Robert Wallace, part 19. The ghost conducted him through several streets familiar to his feet. And as they went along, Scrooge looked here and there to find himself. But nowhere was he to be seen. They entered poor Bob Cratchit's house, the dwelling he had visited before, and found the mother and the children seated round the fire. Quiet, very quiet. The noisy little Cratchits were as still as statues in one corner and sat looking up at Peter, who had a book before him. The mother and her daughters were engaged in sewing, but surely they were very quiet. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them. Where had Scrooge heard those words? He had not dreamed them. The boy must have read them out, as he and the spirit crossed the threshold. Why did he not go on? The mother laid her work upon the table, and put her hand up to her face. The colour hurts my eyes, she said. The colour? Ah. Poor tiny Tim. They're better now again, said Cratchit's wife. It makes them weak by candlelight. I wouldn't show weak eyes to your father when he comes home for the world. It must be near his time. Past it, rather, Peter answered, shutting up his book. But I think he's walked a little slower than he used these few last evenings, mother. They were very quiet again. At last she said, and in a steady, cheerful voice that only faltered once, I have known him walk with... I have known him walk with tiny Tim upon his shoulders very fast indeed. And so have I, cried Peter, often. And so have I, exclaimed another. So had all. But he was very light to carry, she resumed intent upon her work. And his father loved him so that it was no trouble, no trouble. And there is your father at the door. She hurried out to meet him, and little Bob and his comforter, he had need of it, poor fellow, came in. His tea was ready for him on the hob, and they all tried who should help him to it most. Then the two young Cratchits got upon his knees and laid, each child a little cheek against his face, as if they said, Don't mind it, father. Don't be grieved. Bob was very cheerful with them, and spoke pleasantly to all the family. He looked at the work upon the table, and praised the industry and speed of Mrs Cratchit and the girls. They would be done long before Sunday, he said. Sunday. You went today then, Robert, said his wife. Yes, my dear. "'returned Bob. "'I wish you could have gone. "'It would have done you good to see how green a place it is. "'But you'll see it often. "'I promised him that I would walk there on a Sunday.' "'My little, little child!' cried Bob. "'My little child!' "'He broke down all at once. "'He couldn't help it. "'If he could have helped it, "'he and his child would have been farther apart perhaps than they were. "'He left the room and went upstairs into the room above, "'which was lighted cheerfully and hung with Christmas.' There was a chair set close beside the child, and there were signs of someone having been there lately. Poor Bob sat down in it, and when he had thought a little and composed himself, he kissed the little face. He was reconciled to what had happened, and went down again, quite happy. They drew about the fire and talked. The girls and mother worked still. Bob told them of the extraordinary kindness of Mr. Scrooge's nephew, whom he had scarcely seen but once, and who, meeting him in the street that day, and seeing that he looked a little... Just a little down, you know, said Bob, inquired what had happened to distress him. On which, said Bob, for he is the pleasantest spoken gentleman you ever heard, I told him. I am heartily sorry for it, Mr. Cratchit, he said, and heartily sorry for your good wife. By the by, how we ever knew that, don't know. Knew what, my dear? Why, that you were a good wife, replied Bob. Everybody knows that, said Peter. Well observed, my boy. I hope they do. Heartily sorry, he said, for your good wife. If I can be of service to you in any way, he said, giving me his card, that's where I live. Pray come to me. And now it wasn't, cried Bob, for the sake of anything he might be able to do for us, so much as for his kind way, that this was quite delightful. It really seemed as if he had known our Tim and felt with us. I'm sure he's a good soul, said Mrs Cratchit. You would be sure of it, my dear, returned Bob, if you saw and spoke to him. I shouldn't be at all surprised, mark what I say, if he got Peter a better situation. Only hear that, Peter, said Mrs Cratchit. And then, cried one of the girls, Peter will be keeping company with someone and setting up for himself. Get along with you, retorted Peter, grinning. It's just as likely as not, said Bob, one of these days, though there's plenty of time for that, my dear. But however and whenever we part from one another, I'm sure we shall none of us forget poor tiny Tim, shall we? this first parting that there was among us never father cried they all and i know said bob i know my dears that when we recollect how patient and how mild he was although he was a little little child we shall not quarrel easily among ourselves and forget poor tiny tim in doing it no never father they all cried again i am very happy said little bob i am very happy Mrs. Cratchit kissed him, his daughters kissed him, the two young Cratchits kissed him, and Peter and himself shook hands. Spirit of Tiny Tim, thy childish essence was from God. End of part 19.